Welcome to the Truth For Today podcast with your host, Joseph Franta, international minister, speaker, and Bible school instructor. Stay tuned for today's episode. Welcome to Truth For Today. Uh, my name is Joseph Franta, Joseph Franta Ministries, and I'm your teacher. And uh, I know that if you know Jesus, you have another teacher that's much greater than I am, and that's the Holy Spirit. So uh, I just want to bring out truth from the book of Galatians. That's what we're studying right now. And, uh, you know, God has an abundance of truth for us to uh, understand and uh, operate in in this hour. We're in the greatest hour of the church. We're, we're the finishers. We're the end time church. Uh, we're the end time ministers that are called to finish the work of God on this earth. And, uh, you know, Jesus said, I've finished the work. He was talking to the Father. I've finished the work that you have given me to do. And, of course, Paul was another finisher. He said, uh, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. In the future, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. So I hope you're uh, anxious and loving his appearing so you can get that crown of righteousness. And so now I'm going to go into uh, verse 11 again. I'm going to pick up Galatians chapter 1, verse 11. Paul uh, is talking about his calling, his ministry. For I would have you know, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. It's not man's gospel. It's a divine gospel of God. For I neither received it from man nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. So we know the gospel is a revelation of Jesus Christ. That's why to tamper with that revelation, uh, there are severe consequences. So we need to get as close to the scriptures as we possibly can in our teaching, our preaching, are living. Verse 13, for you have heard of my former manner of life in Judaism, how I used to persecute the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. He was a persecutor of the church. And I was advancing in Judaism like it was a corporation or something. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries among my countrymen be, being more extremely zealous for my ancestral traditions. So watch out for those ancestral traditions. They may not have been God's traditions. And they may get you really off course like they did Paul. But God saved him. Praise God and God used him to preach the true gospel even to the Judaizers that he had once been a part of. Verse 14, And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries among my countrymen, 
being more extremely zealous for my ancestral traditions. But when God, oh, when God, that's a time in everyone's life, when God, when you encounter God, and Paul's talking about what happened to his life when he encountered God. And in the church today, I'm just going to prophesy today that we're going to have many God encounters in the church, supernatural encounters with God that is going to change our lives and change the church into the very image of Christ. But when God, who had set me apart even from my mother's womb, how interesting is this? How many of God's ministers have been aborted? But when God, who had set me apart even from my mother's womb and called me through his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with flesh and blood. Here's a man that walks with God. I love that little verse about Enoch. It says, uh, and Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. It says about Noah, Noah walked with God. And of course, we have many examples in both the Old and New Testament of people that walk with God. And the point is that any person that sets their heart toward God can walk with him. You do not need a mediator. You do not need a, a man. You can walk with God by the Spirit, and God gives us men to help us, encourage us, teachers to help instruct us, but I'm saying your walk is with God. And when you begin to realize that your walk is with God, that means that the Holy Spirit will lead and guide your life supernaturally. It'll be divine guidance. You'll be seeking the counsel of God and he'll give you his divine direction for your life. Now, so Paul said uh, he was set apart from his mother's womb and he was called through the grace of God. Certainly it was the grace of God. Paul was a murderer, a persecutor of the church, a blasphemer, a violent aggressor, it says in Timothy. But the grace of God intersected with his life and changed all of that and gave him a new heart through the born-again experience of being a new creation. So God was pleased to reveal his son in him so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. I did not immediately consult with flesh and blood. <clears throat> so he didn't consult with the, uh, you know, Peter and John and the others. 
He sought God first and consulted with God and got God's plan. And you can too. Nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away to Arabia and returned once more to Damascus. In other words, he was so serious. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, he was in watchings often. That word watchings there was fastings often. Seeking God. Seeking his plan. Seeking the path that God had for his life. God has a path for your life, friend. He has a path. He has a plan. And you can walk in the plan, but you have to be a seeker of God. You have to know how to seek God in prayer and Jesus said, watch and pray. Watch and pray. That'll keep you on the right path with God. And of course, read your Bible and adhere to what, obey what it's saying to you. It's a new day. I'm telling you, God's choosing people from every walk of life, every echelon of society, every race, every ethnic group. God is inspecting his church and he's, he's choosing people to walk with him in this hour and to be a voice for him in this hour. To be a firebrand. To be on fire for Jesus. The greatest weapon in the church is a soul on fire for God. The greatest weapon in the church are people that are on fire for Jesus. Zealous for God and zealous for good works. Oh, hallelujah. God help us all to be zealous. Jesus said, the zeal of his house has consumed me. Wow. He said, my house shall be a house of prayer for all the nations. That was a prophetic utterance of Jesus in Isaiah 56, 7. said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. says, you'll be joyful in my house of prayer. And he says it again in Matthew 21, 13, Mark 11, around verse 18, 19, 20. It's in Luke 19. My house shall be a house of prayer. Do you know that you suffer for lack of prayer when you're not praying? People say, oh, that's being legalistic. Well, not really. The whole nation is suffering for a lack of prayer. Jesus said, my house should be a house of prayer. That was a prophetic declaration of the Lord Jesus Christ for every generation, including this one. Paul said it this way, pray without ceasing. Same thing. 
the church, the glorious church, will be a house of prayer. It has to be because Jesus said it would be. Okay. So he went away to Arabia to discover the will of God. Now, you know, I want to just say something about this because, you know, people say to their children all the time, you can be anything you want to be in life. You can do anything you want to do. Well, that is true, but that's not Bible. It's not Scripture. Because God has a divine will, plan, and purpose for every person. And you can do anything you want to do. You can be anything you want to be. But you'll be very unhappy unless you're doing what God's called you, gifted you, and anointed you to do. We need to read the Bible. In Colossians chapter 1, it says, Paul's praying, he says, that I might be filled with the knowledge of your will, to please you in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. This life is so short, brothers and sisters, so short. James said life is like a vapor. It appears for a little while and then vanishes away. You can waste your life doing things that are not God's will nor his plan or purpose. So be careful how you choose. We're in an hour where God is raising up an army, but people still have to choose. You have to choose God or something other than God. And the Bible says, those that choose God will not be disappointed. You'll not be disappointed choosing God's path for your life, his way. You'll be so happy. The happiest people in the world are the people serving God in their appointed path. So important that you learn to listen to what the Spirit of God is saying. Jesus says it over and over again in the book of Revelation, chapters two and three. He's talking to the church and he says it over and over again to almost every church. I think it is every church, but I'm not sure about Philadelphia. But all the others. He says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit, what the Spirit, what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes will sit with me on my throne as I sat down with my Father on his throne. He who overcomes will eat of the tree of life in the paradise of God. He that overcomes will be a pillar in the house of my God and will no more 
go out from the house or the temple. Living in the presence of God forever. He who overcomes will have a new name written which no one knows. Wow, I wonder what that is. It's so important, brothers and sisters, to take the Bible seriously, to understand the brevity of life. It says in the Old Testament, every man at his best is a mere breath. Every man at his best is a mere breath when it comes to eternity. This life is so short. Make it count for Jesus. Walk in the way with Jesus. Walk in the path that God has for your life so that at the end of your life, you can say with the Apostle Paul, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. Go for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I'm kind of stuck on this right now, but it's so important. In Philippians chapter 3, Paul said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The prize above all prizes. The trophy above all trophies the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. In fact, I have to go there. The Holy Spirit is compelling me to go there. In Philippians chapter 3, I'm really exhorting you by the Spirit of God today to live in the high place and to walk in the perfect plan and will of God. The Apostle Paul, who was very gifted in many ways, this is what he said. He was a scholar, you know. Spoke numerous languages. He was considered a hero in Judaism among his contemporaries. But he talks about the goal of life. And I think it's important that we understand that life does have a goal. It's not just, you know, a, re a retirement account. Oh, no, it's a heavenly prize. Paul said in verse 7 of Philippians 3, but whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Things can get in the way. More than that, I'll count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish 
so that I may gain Christ. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them rubbish so that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law of works, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith, that I may know him. That word know is the Greek word gnosko. It's a personal, intimate knowing. Not just know about him, not just know stories about him out of the Bible, but to actually know the God of the Bible. That I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. In order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. If you're born again and you're a child of God, there's a reason why God has laid hold of you. Yes, for heaven for sure, but also for earth as well. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Think about it. The prize, the heavenly prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus with eternal rewards that go way beyond this life into the next life, into the next age, and then the next age, and then the next age. Something to really think about and consider. Now back in Galatians, we got a few more minutes here. I'm going to try to finish this up in Galatians 1. In Galatians 1, Paul's describing how God called him from his mother's womb and that God gave him a revelation of the gospel that was personal and that he preached that revelation. And Paul did work with men, no question about it. You can read about that in all of his uh, writings. He worked with many men, many churches. So he wasn't isolated by any means. But he did take his call very seriously, and he paid a tremendous price for it, and we'll get into that. It's in, uh, if you want to go ahead and read in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, it talks about what Paul suffered for his call. 
18. Then three years later, after he went to Arabia and returned to Damascus for three years, I went up to Jerusalem to become acquainted with Cephas and stay with him 15 days. But I did not see any other of the apostles except James, the Lord's brother. Maybe you don't have a mentor. It's okay because the Holy Spirit will mentor you. You might be in a situation where you have no one to mentor you or to instruct you. But as you read the Bible, the Holy Spirit will instruct you and give you revelation of all things, including your call. But I did not see any other of the apostles except James, the Lord's brother. Now, what I am writing to you, I assure you before God that I am not lying. Then I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia. I was still unknown by sight to the churches of Judea, which were in Christ, but only they kept hearing. He who once persecuted us is now preaching the faith which he once tried to destroy. You talk about a turnaround and the power of repentance and the power of an encounter with God. There's nothing that compares to it. And they were glorifying God because of me. God wants you to have an encounter with him. He wants you to know him personally, intimately. He wants you to walk with him and accomplish his plan and purpose for your life. He wants you to be full of joy. You know, Paul said, I do not consider my life of any account as dear to myself in order that I may finish my course with joy. He spoke about joy often. In fact, he wrote a whole book, the book of Philippians. The theme of it is joy. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Living for Christ and having Christ live in you and through you will give you more joy than any other thing you could accomplish in life. God has provision for your life. Paul said, and my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. If you choose God's path, you'll never be disappointed, I will guarantee you. I've been walking this path for a long time. And I don't, you know, put myself up as any great example, but I will say this, that God has never ceased to supply our needs, my wife and I's needs, supernaturally. We've worked, we've done a lot of different things. We've labored. But you know what? God was in our labor, and he gave us success. He gave us prosperity, and we're still going. And the best is yet to come. And I want to encourage you today. Be zealous for the Lord. He said to the church in Ephesus, um, not Ephesus, but Laodicea, in Revelation chapter 3, he said, 
Be zealous and repent so that you can win the prize, the crown, and sit with me on my throne as I sat down and with my father on his throne. There's more to this Christian life than just going to church and paying tithes. I'm all for paying tithes, I pay tithes. But there's more to it than paying tithes. God wants all of you. He wants your life, your heart. And if you'll give God your heart, God will give you his all, his highest, and his best. God loves you with everlasting love. Thanks for being with us today. We'll see you next time on Truth For Today. Bye-bye. <laughs>